When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangefield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, good to be here as per usual. and uh, We're going well at the moment because we're both sick. I just I said to you, said to you before, I kind of messaged and say, oh, I'm actually not too bad, but my whole house is sick except me, so it's coming and I've probably got it. Probably got it. And I said to you, I feel sorry because I'm feeling crap and you're like, I'll give up. I'm crap too. <laughs> and that's off the back of a couple of weeks ago, my wife gets COVID. Yep. Second last day of ISO, seven day ISO, obviously. My daughter tests positive for COVID. Like it, it is just, like I'm wondering, like why are we still isolating for one? Oh, but but if you got the flu and you don't test positive, you can go out and mingle with people. But yet if you got COVID. And that thing will kill you, mate. Which is that's worse than COVID. I don't, how's uh, Mia, my youngest, my Daughter, she's roughly twelve weeks, give or take, and the poor thing. I reckon she's been sick for eleven weeks of the twelve weeks of her she's life. Been alive, <laughs> and like we kept Finn home from daycare this week for two days. I just said to Kari, I said, "Do not," because daycare is obviously the it's the cesspool, the, the capital the, of sicknesses. It's the cesspool of sickness. <laughs> someone, someone that's immunosuppressed like myself probably shouldn't be sending I, a kid to childcare. I'm surprised there's not actual. You know, actually more brawls with parents as they drop their child off. It's actually... Coughing everywhere. It's like, mate, what are you doing? I remember when I first had Finn, I was, uh, at the start, anyone that had a cold. Like, I'm talking six months down the track. I'm like, do not come over to my place because yep. if you're sick, do not come. Or you, you're so sensitive my, yep. around, yes. My brother's yes. kid, if he's sick, do not come anywhere near Finn. Now I just, if he doesn't have a runny nose, I'm worried. <laughs> it's like the second child. The second child, it's like... Well, you don't care uh, about it. You'll be okay. And then by the third, it's like the other two will raise the third child. That's fine. Does that mean that Choking I Choking hazards, any of that, it's just like, nah, you'll be fine. Does that mean we don't... Uh, more nights out <laughs> that I can... All I know is my daughter, Felicity, she's three, the, the, and we can't control her anyway. So, you know... <laughs> We were a bit stricter with George. But trying to control that thing, she's like Jack Jack off the Incredibles. Oh, that's, yeah, and my oldest is the same. I'm hoping it's the other way. I'm hoping Mia, this one, is more settled. Or well, if it's not, I'm getting rid of her. <laughs> because, <laughs> it's oh, it's just, he's just a psycho like your daughter. Kids, why do we have him? <laughs> hey, let's let's get into a bit of 4x4 news. Yep. Uh, now, these, this one packs... Some punch. Is this my new car that we're talking about? Well, I'm not sure it is, but the 2022 <laughs> Ram 1500 TRX, the pricing and specs have been released for the supercharged V8. Now, are you sitting down? You are, I can see. Uh, <laughs> priced from 
199,950 plus on-roads. That's before on-road. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. Yeah, for those of you playing at home, that's not actually what you pay. You pay a lot more than that. But the first batch has already been sold, uh, has already been sold out. 6.2 litre V8 supercharged engine. So it's the most powerful four-door uh, there is. <laughs> what two hundred grand, mate? Why does it? Why does it need to go up to a, like it says? It has a top speed of one hundred and ninety kilometers an hour, which is great. So in for Australian conditions, the vast majority of where we drive, it, uh, it can get you from zero to eighty really friggin' quick. <laughs> Do you know what the thing is? I don't driving around these days with some of the way people drive. I don't reckon I've gotten above seventy very often. Like some of our highways, but. Some of these people driving shouldn't have licenses. Do you get frustrated? Bloody oath, mate. I used to. Like, I'm not trying to be an idiot. Everywhere across the country, serious. I swear, has dropped from. If it used to be 100, it's now 80. Yeah, and then if it was 80, it's now 70, potentially yeah. 60. Yeah, and not only that, then you've got the people that are driving, and then like Queenscliff and Point Lonsdale is a renowned. We'll call it retirement area. Like old people. Pat. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, talking I, old I picked, people. I picked up on that part. <laughs> Some should take me 12 minutes to get to the boat ramp. Some days it takes me 23. And it's not like you can't exactly pass. There's no overtaking. Yeah. There's like it's minimal overtaking. The speed limit, like you said before, used to be 100. It's now 80. So yes. those people that drove 80 in the 100 now drive 60 in an 80. Uh, soft topic, that one. Well, it is. But back to so <laughs> the standard fit, uh, tow bar, brake control up, etc. Uh, three and a half ton brake towing rating, gross. Vehicle mass rated to 3,800. So that's uh, come down. Yeah, well, this is what the specs are. Reading off... Because uh, RAM standard is 8 tonne normally. Yeah, well, reading off the drive specs, drive.com.au, uh, who had all the information. So thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, right. Gross mass of 6.8. I'm not that's, sure I'm spending 200 grand for that, to be honest. So what is this? Is this a tow vehicle or is it... Well, it's a performance it's a performance it's a, it, vehicle. So it's not so it's not the so it's yeah, it's a performance vehicle. It's sort of like the Raptor. The Raptor in the Ford range. Yes, yes. Okay, so it's not actually their big towing vehicle, tow vehicle as such, because the reason that people choose RAM is purely for the eight ton towing because exactly. you, you don't need to do anything. That's what was so fascinating about the fact that the first batch has already been sold out. I found it quite extraordinary. So you're going to spend $200,000 to go drive this on the beach in the dunes to destroy it and cover it in sand and salt? That literally can't tow your three-and-a-half-ton boat simply because of the logistics around... Gross yeah. mass, etc. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty extraordinary. Hey, the other thing that um, that uh, rolled across the Real Adventures desk during the week, Redmond, was the Vic Fisheries uh, studies around the snapper fishery. And I remember reporting on this on our show, I reckon it was three years ago, and it was around Vic Fisheries talking about the snapper fishery and that 2023 is going to be extraordinary. So Vic Fish have been doing these studies for, for nearly 30 years, which is quite extraordinary when you think of the back catalogue of, yep, this is all the information that we've got to give anglers the best sort of information they can around what they do. So with that being said, with 30 years of all the scientific data, this is the third best result since monitoring, monitoring began. Yep. Which means next year, 
hopefully we're going to have a phenomenal year when it comes to snapper fishing. Exciting. Uh, really well, exciting. often you talk about with the back end of 2022, Feb, is we get sort of, sort of some nice warm weather. Do you know this is going to hum? Do you know what worries me? And I'll be one to say I'm not into. Oh, we we're actually talking off air about politics in fishing, weren't we? And I said, I try and stay out of it as much as I can. Now it says here straight up, um, you could basically buy or purchase seafood from any of the eight remaining commercial line fishes. Yes. So this is long lining, not netting, because netting is now illegal. See yep. you later. Now we're not talking about that because we're not involved in it at this minute point in time, Pat. It's done. But what we are talking about is what I'm worried about is the amount of bait in Port Phillip Bay is out of control. Now, it what is... What do you mean by that? So, pilchard, uh, pilchard boats, we'll call them, the, the commercial pilchard industry. Yep. So, those guys had uh, netting licences through Port Phillip Bay to go out and catch local Port Phillip Bay uh, pilchards. Yep. And white bait and whatnot. Now, I knew a few of them, uh, friends of mine, and they used to go out overnight, and they had awesome radars on the fr- sonars on the front of their boats. They could shoot forward, they'd shoot, see the pilchards out ahead, and they could they could net them. Now this was a sustainable fishery, very sustainable. Now they've taken because of the netting's banned, they use nets. It's yes. taken out. I know there is. A dis- so you would think the fishery would improve. So yeah, the fishery. So yes, the bait though now. No, and I'm not one. Oh, this is all over social media, and all the charter boats are saying the same thing. And you literally watch them writing comments and comments about these articles, basically about the abundance of Port Phillip Bay bait, the bait in Port Phillip Bay. Like your sounder, you can't even sound the bottom in the twenty meter line. Like so it literally stacks. stacks. Now, where so you're saying this is well, potentially a poor thing for fishing? Could it be? I don't know. I'm just having the conversation regarding of of extended off other people because why would that one snapper eat that pilchard? That you throw in amongst the fifty million that isn't a Port Phillip Bay snapper. Oh, uh, so that isn't a Port Phillip Bay pilchard. So you're saying good thing for the fishery, a challenge for, for rep- the angler. Is it going to be more challenging? Because yes, the snapper might be the, there might be more snapper, but with the amount of bait, because these gotcha. pilchard guys did take a fair chunk of it, but in a sustainable way. Yes, so yep. well, the fishery is saying that it, it, it was it's a contradicting argument whether who you talk to and whatnot. And like we're not getting into that. I'm yep. not into the crap. Everyone's always going to yeah. have their view, but in terms we're of we're in school holidays at the moment. What's the easiest thing to go fish yep. for? Start with pilchards, but <laughs> like, like there's there's competition for for well, wreck anglers because gonna, there's so much there. Yes, that's right. And I'll tell you one thing: mud fishing. When I say mud fishing for snapper, so you, you're talking fishing in the bay when the the bottom is mud. Yes, so we're not actually fishing. I tend to fish structure in the bay. Now, over the years and years of people fishing, people have dumped stuff in Port Phillip Bay as well as artificial ra- uh, reefs from Fisheries Victoria. So there's people that have sunk boats, trolleys, you name it. It's we, all of course, at Real Adventures don't condone No, we would never have sinking any... Sinking of reefs, no, sinking never of boats. Any involvement in any of that. That would be... Dryers. Like, that's, that's sort of what happened. Yeah. Uh, well, certainly when I was in SA, <laughs> a few mates over there, they... Perhaps guilty of creating the old artificial reef out of uh, old laundromat sort of uh, excess stock. Trolley, that's tro- hit neither here. Yeah, trolleys worked really well too. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, it's uh, apparently, apparently, allegedly, apparently, allegedly, allegedly. So we we so we're, we're, we often try to target those because that's where that's where how I fish productive. I move from dump. We call them dumps. Dump to yep. dump to dump to dump to dump to dump. Now the on the mud, 
over the last few years, it has been harder to get fish on the mud than it has on dumps. Yep. So all the moving from dump to dump to dump. I know one charter Flat in particular. structure versus genuine yes. structure. And is that a bait thing? Harder to sound fish because sometimes I cannot, if I'm talking for kilometres, I can't sound the bottom. Yeah. Like you're just getting bait and then all of a sudden it clears up a little bit and then you get more bait yeah. and you can't get through the bait sometimes. And when, if you do get through the bait, it, the picture goes a bit funny on the bottom because it's still trying to push through the other bait. Like it's, yeah. So I, I don't know what it's going to do for the fishery in itself, but one thing is fisheries are confident that these snapper that they take when they run their, uh, when they when they do the checks and the shallow reefs where the snapper spawn, they uh, where these babies live, baby snapper live, they're three to eight centimetres long, up to 10 centimetres, and that's the ones that they're counting. And they are in the biggest numbers, like you said before, third, top three. So that there is great to see. Will the pilchard game have an effect on it? That the more bait that is in the water, is it going to make it harder for us Rex to catch? Don't know. We're going to find out the more years that this goes on. Will they allow the pilchard industry to come back? Good chance because I don't really? want to. I don't know. I reckon it is. Well, do you want to go buy a WA pilchard and throw a WA pilchard? You, you got to think about it. Those pilchards that they. If I'm from WA, I want to fish something that's been caught locally. Yeah. So, I'm the same in Victoria, South Australia. So how it works, the charter boat guys go to, this, for instance, a, a netting company. So there was one in Williamstown that I bought through, Pat, and they'd go there and they might buy, say, 500 kilos of pilchards the yep. charter boat guys would buy. They'd pack the good ones up, IQF it, individually freeze it, and then they'd have also their burly ones. So it literally gets caught in Port Phillip Bay, goes to the shop, goes back to the charter boys. Now, I'm referring to charter because it's the biggest industry in Port Phillip Bay, that charter fishery. Yes. It is huge. And I'm only ref- and it's great. What The charter industry is fantastic. And what they do, it's just like a cycle. It goes in Port Phillip Bay, it comes out, and it gets put back in, in a big circle. Now, we're buying two, um, twofold or whatever you want to call it from Eden, Eden Bay. Uh, you've got Eden there and you've got twofold pilchards. You've got buying those. You're buying WA pilchards, and they're coming from different states now and yep. getting thrown into our bay, and they're not the same pilchard. Yep. So will it come back? I don't know. I hope it does. There's the, the there's that much bait in the water for everyone. It's never been an issue. So let's just hope it, well, I hope it does come back. But the families have already shut up shop and sold their businesses, so I don't know on that argument too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, flathead rules in New South Wales are going to change from August 1, uh, 10 dusky flathead to, Down to 5, five. Yep. per person between 36 and 70 centimetres. Uh, changing from one fish over seventy, over seventy. So you can't, so you can't keep anything over seventy centimeters now. Which is what happens with Murray cod over a certain size. You've got to, got to release it. Well, Which I think, I think is a great thing. And I think if you chat to most of the guys that generally target, genuinely target these really big flathead, they all let them go because yeah, it, they do. it is like they're they're just gold for them. Like like the brim fishermen as well that gen, genuinely target them. They're, they think they're just beautiful and they'll release them. They'll yep. put them – the competitions, the great thing about these sort of flathead and brim comps, or particularly the brim, they'll put them in the live bait tank, weigh them at the end, bang. Put them re- back. Release them. It's, it's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's how yep. it should be done. But the changes to New South Wales, good thing, bad thing? Yeah, I, yeah. It's their size limit is tremendous. 36 centimetres for a dusky. Like that's, that's, that's sustainable fishery. Like That's a big fish to be legal. Like in Victoria here, I think it's – 27. Yep. So it's not very big. 10 centimetres is a big fish, like big difference in a fish size nearly. Like So, yeah, good on fisheries. If they've got to do what they've got to do, I don't think you need to keep something over 70 centimetres. 
No, uh, not, not those big girls, big crocodiles, those things. I've got a question for you after the break too. Uh, I know you're going to throw to a break in a second. And I've got a question for you regarding barrel tuna. Straight off the block, I am guilty for the question at times. So it's a little bit of a go at me too and other anglers. So looking forward to that. After the break. We've got a massive show of real adventures coming your way. We're going to chat with Nick from Tidal Marine & Co. It's a great chat talking about their 24. A beautiful boat. Carolina Flair Redmond. Yep. Like something straight out of the States. All that and more this morning on Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. It's time to find out what's biting in your part of the country. All thanks to Jayco Sydney, your next great escape. Let the adventure begin with Jayco Sydney. We start in New South Wales. The Yellowfin are up and about Redmond. We've been talking about this for a while and how... I haven't exactly been firing, but we've got a few fresh reports. We do, and last week it was like we we spoke about it. Because we did. <laughs> it was 10 minutes after we spoke about it, the first report came through of just chaos. So we said there was a few fish getting caught. This week just went nuts. Yep. On the back of that new moon, or that on the, lead, the couple of days over that moon, just went stupid, Pat. There was the whole southeast coast of New South Wales, so we're talking Tartha, Burmy, Aladulla, right down to Eden, just fish up to 80 kilo. Now they can be hard to get on lures, but it's the most yeah. rewarding part. If you are get, if you are going to target them on them, best chance of success. That sounded like me talking then. Uh, <laughs> best chance of success is actually. Well, I was just you know, what's the best? I want to hit them on lures. Yep, stick it's bait. the most exciting. I'd be getting in front with stick baits. So the lures have been okay, but there's a lot of frustration from anglers trying to get into position to to get them because they're on souries. Souries are moving on the top. They're jumping out of the water. They're chasing hard. They're not balling. They're chasing. Yep. So it's hard to get on top of those fish. So Because you want to get ahead of them, essentially. You want to get ahead. Let them work that towards you. And if you can get a stick bait in front of jumping fish, it's going to be a very big reward. So stick baiting if you can't get them on lures. Some huge flathead uh, off Colonel. Yeah, there was on uh, soft plastics. But the key to it that I read was bigger duke heads, yeah, smashing right. that sand. Bit of dust, it's flattered coming out and feeding much more erratic than a smaller jig head. So don't be afraid to use big plastics as well because those big flathead, they will nail they will just absolutely nail them. Jazz Charters in WA, great success out of Frio this week. Fish to eight kilos. Massive. And then the odd dewfish, the odd kingfish. So Jazz Charters out of Frio are doing really, really well. And the Queen's fi- queen fish out of, the, out of Bundaberg has been great too. Uh, trawling, and then also... One of the most exciting fish to catch, queen fish. I, I don't think I was... You and I got Absolute my first beauties. one uh, off, uh, up north off Cairns, and I was, I was so excited. <laughs> I'd never caught one Well, before. not a great eating fish, but a great catching fish. And put up on a bloody show and a half, didn't it? Jumping out of the water like it was a bloody dolphin. Uh, South Australia, Port Mac continues to see phenomenal captures just of beyond, Southern Bluefin. Beyond China. stupid. Just... It, just it, Best chance to get them? Are we hitting it morning? What are, just we, any, what are we chasing? Just at the moment, any time at the minute, just... It's just time and water, It's though. just... But it's out of control. Like, the fishing is out of control. Like, I'm talking people are getting three to eight bites a day, Pat. Like, it's... And majority of boats. If you haven't caught one, go. it's actually ruining barrel fishing because it's not even a challenge. Like, it's it's really gotten easy. I don't mean to be a prick about it, but it's they are there and plentiful. King George Whiting in uh, in Bernie Vince Town of Stansbury is fishing well. Gurwa Beach, the elephant sharks have moved in on good numbers. Squid have been the best bait to target them. Uh, Tasmania, Redmond, yeah, East Coast. some uh, trumpeter. Yeah, the Tassie trumpeter in Tasmania, how original. 
But uh, they are a great fish to catch. They pull hard and they eat just as good too and they're going well. Silver Trevally in the Stanley have been plentiful also and on just little plastic grubs. So small jig heads this time and grubs, you want, you want them to sink slow. The slower they go, the more the tail does their thing and the more fish you'll catch. About and as original as the bloke that named the Sydney Harbour Bridge. There's a bridge. It's in Sydney. goes over a harbour. Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> Will you have to go out the, the Tassie Trumpeter guy? Oh, I'm impressed where that just went. <laughs> last Sorry, that was a dad joke, wasn't <laughs> it? Was Real dad joke uh, sort of stuff. Queensland, <laughs> save us, get us out of here. Morton Bay, the last report, because we're running out of time, is Morton Bay is going great too, uh, snapper fishing. It's just been red hot. Soft plastics, different fishery to here in Vic in South Australia, and fish to five and six kilo. So make sure you get to Morton Bay if you're in that area and grab yourself a snapper or six. That's that's what's biting uh, right around the country. Thanks to J.K. Sydney, your next great escape. Let the adventure begin with J.K. Sydney. All aboard for Dometic. Make your next adventure effortless with the Dometic Go Collection. Just pack, stack and go. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. Our special guest this morning is Nick Davis from Tidal Marine & Co. Good morning, Nick. Hey, guys. How are you? We're going well. Now, we've been, uh, we've been trying to track you down for some time because we've been really keen uh, to discuss the 24- and 21-foot handcrafted boats that you build now they are beautiful it is like something from from north carolina in the states there's just something beautiful about the flair so we're we're stoked to get you on this morning welcome to the show yeah no cheers for having me and uh yeah look forward to uh sharing some of what we do with you guys so so good let's go back to the start tell us about how um how it all began for you your passion for fishing and clearly your passion for boating um, basically grew up in Cairns, North Queensland. Uh, my dad was in the marine industry for many years and, um, moved to Cairns, I think, oh, I was about nine or 10 from Sydney. And from there, basically, if I wasn't at school, I was out on the reef with my dad. He had Haynes Hunters, um, and he was also very good mates with Billy Bilson, who owned Viking and Viking too. And, I learned game game fishing through Billy on the original Viking, um, and it was just a lifestyle for us, you know. Um, and then that's where the passion came from. Um, originally, I wanted to be a, a charter boat skipper and go over to the USA and chase white marlin and tuna and fish through North Carolina and all those areas, um, but uh, life took a different direction and ended up um, being involved in boat building. So obviously not attending at school as much as I should have. <laughs> probably. That's a common nice theme for be. our guests. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. That is a common <laughs> theme yeah. for our guests. <laughs> That's right. So I was going to, you know, thought I'd be nice to be a naval architect, but um, became a boat builder and I'm glad I did because it's, to me it's more hands-on and, yeah. You just, you know, get to get sometimes just get the freedom to build, you know, what you want and yeah, run with it. So, 
Well, it obviously didn't basic. start at title. When did when did that begin for you? Where it was, you know, your own business began the construction of your own boats and that journey. Um. Oh, the oh, the quick one in my journey really started with Dick Ward, where we built the tradition in Kanahoe, which were fifty foot game boats. <laughs> Um, the Pirate 30s. Um, I did ta- some time at Cyclone um, High Performance Boats, building ski race boats, offshore race boats, center consoles. And then from there, I started my own company in Cairns for a short period um, and then sort of needed a, a bit of a break from the industry. So um, I ran a few fishing tackle shops here in Perth and did a bit of travelling around Australia during that time. Um, and then from there, it was sort of like, well, the itch is back and the passion's back. So my wife and I, we sort of put together a bit of a game plan to to um, start a company, a boat building company. So we, like everyone, you try and figure out a name and... Um, to be competitive in today's market, you've got to find your own niche. And my passion for custom-built game boats and the North Carolina-style flair and whatnot, that's, we sort of had a direction for title. Um, Which is very, un- to- very unique in the Australian boat-building market, the style of your design. Yeah, so that's part of finding your own niche and having your own little area that you can sit in so you're not building something the same as everyone else. Um, obviously, the hull, all the hulls and top decks are all the same, but we can um, custom build the internals. We can change seating. We can delete live bait tanks. We can have aft steering stations, change window design. So we have a lot of flexibility in that and that side of, of building the titles. Um, obviously, we would have loved to start a, started our own hull from scratch, um, you know, whether it was off a jig and or having a big plug CNC routed up. But the cost was just unaffordable for, up for us. Um, so we actually managed to find the original Savage Ranger moulds um, that hull ceased production in about 1981. But they are um, an, icon- a, an iconic Australian boat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So really nice, sharp, forward entry, 58 degrees, bearable, uh, 21 degrees at the transom. So we we bought the original mould and, and built one hull out of the original mould and we modified the running surface. We uh, put just over 200 mil more freeboard into the side of the hull, new shear line, all new top deck. Um, yeah, did a, a, a lot of modifications to the hull to try and make it our own, but also we never we never shied away from saying that it was based on the original Savage Ranger. So it was, still had some of that Australian history and old school feel to it. Nick? I've been fortunate enough to see your boat in action. Uh, John Joubert bought Maruda off you uh, not too yeah. long ago, and he lives around the corner from myself. And uh, yeah. I've done some fishing next to him, and 
the one thing that I noticed when I first seen this boat, and I'm tipping this would be probably the I guess the most common comment that you get about your boat is the flare. Yeah, yeah. It's a significantly big flare that throws separates water perfectly. What come into the design of that? Because it's so unique. I know it's coming from, I guess, the Carolina sports fishermen that you've spoken about. But you've you've handcrafted it. It's it's an amazing looking boat. Like it, the the flare on it. Like you've got all old school Haneses. You've got all these all these different boats around our country that are made for game fishing. But your I'd have to say your flare is so unique when you look at it, and it just looks so appealing as someone that does a lot of traveling on actual water in itself on big kilometers like myself it's so appealing yep. to just go geez you just know straight away that that's going to push through water like that you just look at it and tell that's going to push water nicely yeah well that was the thing about the title it was about building a boat that was going to be able to handle most seas you know be safe get the family or your, your fishing mates, you know, back in one piece, where if it was going to blow up to 25, 30 knots on the way home, you just know that she's going to come through it unscathed. Um, and for me, it's it's all about the front section of a hull that does all the work yeah. in rough water. I mean, usually in rough water, most of us don't do over 24, 28 knots, so... Usually in those conditions, the back of the transom and back part of the hull isn't coming out of the water. So it's the front forefoot and the bow section that's pushing through and doing all the hard work. So you want a nice forefoot, big flare, and, you know, as it comes down into a trough, it breaks the water and then the flare pushes it, pushes, pushes the water out. Yep. But you'll find some days, obviously, if it's howling wind, all that water gets picked up by wind and still comes over. But, you know, that just is what it is. Well, that's so. why, That's why Patrick, being a Vic- now this is no offence to Nick and his boats, Pat, but being a Victorian, that centre console that he does isn't appealing to me because uh, we don't have any temperatures above 10 degrees down here, Nick. It's Like I said, it's nothing to do with your boat. It's, uh, the state that yeah. I, it's a state that I live in. So uh, the, the, it'll have to be the, that beautiful hardtop. That, uh, that I'm looking at right now in front of me, which you can see but, on Tidal Marine's Instagram page. But the one difference I will say with a, a flare such as this on a centre console versus simply taking uh, a hull that was a hard top and turning it into a centre console, you don't have the same spray because of the flare. That's the yeah. difference between taking any old hull and you know taking the cabin off it and then turning it into a centre console. Well, it wasn't designed for that. For that reason, it was designed with a cabin yeah. on top because you were going to get sprays. So there is a bit of a de- differentiator there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, our 21 actually has slightly little bit more flair than the 24. So 21 came from the 24. It's uh, 550 mil shorter than the 24. Um, but she's actually got slightly more flair but less freeboard. So. Yep. It's a, the our centre console is a really really dry hull. It's an amazing little hull, quite beamy as well for its length. Um, and obviously we do that in a runabout version now as well. Yep. Um, but we're finding for some reason the twenty one centre consoles a bigger seller than the twenty one runabout. That's because so. you've got a thing called sun, Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> we, yeah, well, most most of the sales are going to the east coast for the for the twenty one. So, and the twenty four enclosed would be fifty fifty east yep. coast west coast. So. And that's a big think, boat, the twenty four, um, Nick. Like, let's talk the twenty four. Like, some of the the photos you've got on your on your socials, Tidal Marine and Co. Uh, for yeah. those willing to to check it out on on Instagram or on Facebook, you can do that, or head to the Tidal Marine and Co. dot com dot au website. The twenty four is a big boat. We're talking maxi trailable, uh, and something that that is capable of fishing canyons, not just offshore, but significant <laughs> distance offshore. Yeah, that's right. We um, we do a standard fuel tank capacity of 540 litres in the 24, and we can go up to six, 700 litres with no problem at all. Um, do, you, do you shout the first tank? <laughs> yeah. No, not, not at the moment. Sure. That's actually more expensive uh, than the boat. It adds an extra 100000 to the cost. Oh, yes. Jesus, yeah, these yeah. petrol yeah. prices. It's, uh, that's exactly right. But we're, we're fortunate that um, the 24 with a single engine is still under three and a half ton on an alloy trailer. Perfect. And that's the beauty. That's true. Um, so with twin twin 200 Suzuki's, half fuel, safety gear, water, she'll come in at 3.6 ton. Yep. yep. Um, and then fully loaded with gear, full fuel, uh, she's sitting around that four ton mark. So... It'll be interesting to see as whether these become even more popular as we see the big US car manufacturers start to infiltrate the Australian market more. Like we're seeing so many of the big rams. Yeah, towable ones, you know, yeah. Nick, obviously that's that's the next frontier for Australian fishing. We're just seeing how popular, and you would see this firsthand as a manufacturer, how popular the maxi trailable boats are because uh, the rams, we're seeing them everywhere. We're seeing Ford coming into this market in, Upgraded in next Upgraded land year. cruisers. Land cruisers, et cetera, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I feel um, definitely the Australian boating manufacturers are starting to notice this too, that Australian-built boats have certainly got a great reputation and, you know, we're all, well, especially the guys that are more production, they're really, they're fit out and finish, you know, matches what the Yanks are sending over as well. Um, obviously, we're just a, a little small semi-custom builders where, on a definitely on a different scale to some of those bigger guys. Um, a big one for me will just be watching where the economy goes for the next six twelve months. Um, we were, or well, we do have an eight meter that we're working on, but I think we're just going to sort of hold back off that idea and just tick away on the on the plug itself, and we'll just watch the economy. I think that. 21, 24 foot's just really going to be that perfect nice, sweet spot. Yeah, user trailer, trailer boat. Yeah, exactly. It's still manageable. You can, if you can have a 24 with a single 300, you know, it's going to cruise between 24, 27 knots. Um, yep. You know, still tops out at 44, 45 knots, wide open throttle. Um, and that's achievable for, for most people who are, you know, in that, in that, field of boats so our boats will go from 180,000 to 260,000 it just depends on the fit out and engine choices depends if the tank comes through yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, free fuel. It's under $2, we're right. If you want more information on Tidal Marine and Co., you can uh, hit Nick up on his email, nick at tidalmarineandco.com.au. Their phone number is 0439070176 or head to their website, tidalmarineandco.com.au. You, Nick, thank you so much for your time this morning and talking about your fishing journey and fishing history and the evolution of Tidal Marine. Yeah, no, great for having me, guys. And uh, next time you're over, give us a shout and we can go and catch up for a cold beer. I'm always up for that. <laughs> that I thought he was going to say, I thought he was going to say fish, but he, <laughs> yeah, he sold me with beer. <laughs> that was all aboard for Dometic. Go on your next adventure, Dometic.com. It's time for Red's Review, our product review of the week. Redman, what do you have for us this morning? Just want to talk a little bit about transducers. Yes. Now, the reason for it is, I've actually seen a, a written article uh, during the week. You saw it or you read it? Uh, it was a visual. <laughs> well, of course, if you're going to read it. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a photo too. No, it was on, just oh, on I social always media. I the picture I, books. I, I, I actually can read Finn's books to him when <laughs> they make me feel better about myself. No, I was on social media and I can't remember exactly where it came from, but it was just discussing basically traveling out of the Gold Coast and they have a different fishery to what, what you and I have here in Victoria, but it was about traveling at speed and just finding new reefs and, and things along the way. Yeah, so what I'm yeah. talking about is actually traveling to place to place. Now, mate, I have this problem with my Stabycraft. Yeah, you would because it's a, uh, so you're going to, Transom mount transducer. Yeah, so, so you're going to talk about through mount. So through hull transducer. Mate, I had, so yeah, because it's bolted on the back. Yep. You don't have. I cannot. Anywhere. No, if I get above like seven knots, it is blurred out. I cannot. We'll there's come, nothing. Zero. We'll come clear again. I'd say about. Say so, so you'd probably lose it. Yeah, at around that seven to eight knots, you'll start to get interference. Then it will clear up at about fifteen knots for about another. If at about 30k, you'll get a little bit of clarity, and then if you go even a little bit harder, you'll lose it. Bang on. Most of the time. Yep. Like, so you can get them where they're fitted and you get lucky in it, and they are a bit better. But the problem with transom mount is, is you get a lot of interference from water. So you get engine, um, exactly. no, engine noise. Yep. You also get movement of the ocean. So well, that's what weather. it is for me. It's the because I have mine set up a little bit higher because, because of, of the beach launching. Because of the beach yep. launching. And really, if, if I think back and go, it made no sense not to actually. Next time, I'll put it through hull because even though there is a little bit of dragging on the beach, it's not a hugely significant amount. Yep. But it's far less than jamming that transducer in at the back yeah, of the boat as the, you, you, know, you, you winch it up. Yeah. Especially yep. with rocks and things. Too. Exactly, yeah. Well, I'm going to go into that in two seconds, but just the, the benefit of a through hull is clear, the, the clarity of the picture is 10 times a transom mount, yeah. uh, especially in rougher weather. So as soon as you go in a following sea, so you've got sea coming with you, with a transom mount, you'll have a relatively good picture, nearly the nearly on par with a through hull. Probably not quite, but nearly. But as soon as you go into a head sea and it's coming on, and I'm talking trolling for, say, just an example, bluefin tuna, you actually, with a transom mount, again, because you're going naturally up and down, the back of the boat smashes on the water yeah. and actually causes water interference, trolling speed. You yep. just don't have pitch clear picture unless you're going with it. Now, with a through hull, it's actually in the hull of the boat under the bottom, so it actually doesn't come out of the water, water. hence why you have a clearer picture. What about, so say you do it yourself though, does that, will you have issues with like 
warranty or that comes back to you mentioning your stabie before yeah so i know a couple of people that have cut through hull transducers into their stabie grass yep uh you have to oh, as in done it themselves yeah done it themselves i know a couple of people that done it themselves now does it avoid warranty you're going to have to talk to them properly yeah. i think it probably would have something to do with it it where they well if, especially if it then drops out if that, and, it, the and you sink, <laughs> your boat sinks <laughs> your boat sink <laughs> how did it happen Mate, I've got no idea. Well, I didn't put a through hole in it. I mean, we did recover the boat and there was a giant hole in the bottom, but apart from that... I... <laughs> Must have been uh, the marine shop. <laughs> it was an iceberg. <laughs> it was an iceberg. <laughs> it's that cold. It was... Uh, <laughs> so you have to be careful with insurance reasons for... Now, it is harder to get through hull transducers in your aluminium boats because fiberglass... But if I went to Christie's Beach, I've bought my Stabycraft from there. I don't know if they'll be allowed to do it. I don't think they... I but don't. if they're an authorised dealer, you would think... They'd have some sort of pull. Yep. Yeah. Well, there would be have, some conversation yeah. yep. whether the Stabycraft do it. You'd probably have the discussion when you order the boat and Stabycraft might do it in the actual production Factory. in itself. Gotcha. Uh, just kind of, and I'm only using Stabie as an example because you've got a Stabie. Every and single... like this. I'm talking about aluminium in general. Aluminium is harder to put these through hulls in than glass yep. just because of the way they're built through the aluminium and you've yep. got it... That's just yep. the way. Glass, you can put them in much easier. Now... Nearly every through, uh, glass boat that it won't it won't affect your warranty uh, unless you do it you don't do it properly uh, yeah. properly. But mine, for instance, I think Melbourne Marine Centre did mine. They know what they're doing yeah. and they put it in. It's not going to affect me whatsoever. So they but are say for example they're an authorised North Bank seller. Yes, yeah, so too. they're never going to have yet. If you do a third market sort of or third, party, you might have issues. You might, yeah. <laughs> so just just contact your dealership and ask them about the warranty before you do this. Number one, you'll catch more fish. You'll have a better picture, whether it's marlin tuna or even just sounding for snapper or wherever you are. Uh, and also traveling at speed. I sit at top speed in my boat and in your boat, yeah. and I have... 115 kilometers oh, an hour stupid. in four meters as well. <laughs> yep, I try yep. to. I, I still have... Going back I to Nick's still, question, you know, 24 to 28 knots, not in Aaron's boat, Nick. I was looking, I was seeing 24 knots, I'm going to do that. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say it's that. Coming out of the but harbour. It's uh, a... <laughs> It's uh, the thing on making the me look bad. Don't you talk about warranty claims? Sorry, don't, don't say that. I've got a few cracks in my boat on this sort. No, I don't. But it's uh, it's you get such a better picture. And the reason I brought this uh, conversation up is because, like, like I said, it's, I was in Gold Coast. I was travelling out, and they marked up this new reef, and they went back to it, and they had a crazy session on the snap up, and they were it was in a hundred meters of water, yep. and they were travelling at speed, picked it up. And they went back to it that afternoon on the way back, where they and only they only just tickled up on the sounder, but the reef was like eighty meters long, There's and that's a all you great need. Great example of great electronics, exactly. Well installed, and whether it's a one kilowatt, a two kilowatt, a three kilowatt, whatever it is, I think through hull is a must, and it's worth. Yes, it is pricey at times, but and I'm not going to give prices at the minute because every transducer is different. Blah blah blah. I run a high white one seven five kilowatt. That's what I run on my boat for snapper, barrels, and marlin. Mate, this is a boating and fishing show. All right, well, then go every, s- everything's expensive. There's $55,000. <laughs> it's uh, I think the only uh, thing that's free is listening to us. <laughs> probably still charging, aren't we? <laughs> that is Red's review, our product review of the week, talking about the benefits of through hull transducers or transducer if you're just going. The one. Uh, plenty more really. Your adventures. boat definitely doesn't get covered under warranty. There's 64 <laughs> transducers in it. That means there's 64 holes. holes. <laughs> plenty more real adventures coming up after the break. Red's tip, the flying gaff, and plenty more. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Before we get to uh, Red's tip, uh, Golden State last week, Redmond won the NBA championship. Hit our radar. Is that tennis? 
NBA. <laughs> oh, basketball, Hit our sorry. radar. But, uh, you know, for sport, you know, we're on SEN. It's a sports station. But this really hit our radar. There's nothing like an early morning launch out the harbor. There's nothing really better besides winning a championship. But boating is definitely second to playing ball and feeling the thrills of that competition. We love Clay. He's our new favorite NBA player here at Real Adventures because... Jesus, see what happens. You play something online. This is some of your worst work, I'm calling it. What do you mean? I don't even know who that is. It's Clay Thompson. Multiple all-star, and he uh, just talking about his love of boating. Is he friends with LeBron? He's played against LeBron. <laughs> he's played against LeBron. <laughs> Red's tip, what do you got? I don't have anything. You've got Red's tip, I'm gaffing you. No, you know what Red's tip is. Yeah. When you're doing a fa- – it's a little bit of a gaff. You know, we'll do Red's tip and the gaff together. I'm okay. taking both. When right. you're doing a little Good, footy – because we're running I know, that's time. why I said it. When, we, <laughs> when, when you're doing a, uh, a family um, – school holiday day. Yes. And you're standing – School holidays at the moment. Of yeah. course, we hope everyone's been uh, hitting the water, catching a few fish. Dangerfield's a crowd favourite down at the cuttery, and the, the kids are standing there. Not anymore. We had open session during the week. Yep. Not too many 35s rolling around. <laughs> Back of the line. <laughs> Just yeah. Cameron, unless who's, they must be Ablett who's the Senior favorite? fans. So who's the favourite now? They've got to be Ablett Senior fans. Is, Je- is Jez Cameron a favourite down there? Very popular. <laughs> Very popular. Going back to my thing. <laughs> when you, Sorry, go when, on. When you ask a crowd of kids questions yes. about football, you yeah. asked Tyson Stengel what was his, what won the premiership or something. I did. I, we were giving out footballs. Yes. And I'm like, I just don't want to give them to these anyone. You the asked row. a pack of kids... About who won the premiership in the SANFL. Correct. Wanted to see. Oh, I don't even know what the SANFL is. <laughs> Where the pack of eight-year-old kids going to know? Wanted to see if they were footballing scholars. Had it's a- South Australia. No one cares about them. You've, guys- just, you've just realised that we broadcast, <laughs> broadcast straight into through South Australia every Saturday that was a morning. Shock- that was a shocking question to ask eight to 12-year-old kids. And we love having uh, we love broadcasting through you, so. you asked who won the competition, and they all said Melbourne, thinking that you're talking about the AFL. Yeah, they had no idea. <laughs> they needed to listen to the question. The wonderful, you're getting the gaff. The wonderful Woodville West Torrens, of course. Toss, kick, toss. Who was kick, it? What was the team called? Sorry, Woodville West Torrens. Oh, I've never heard of that in my life. I think uh, think Toss kick three in the granny as well. He's actually twenty nine goals. For I'm not. Know. I'm not a small forward fan. He's, he's on my radar. Play he's my he's my radar. He's on my radar for my, my favorite player at the moment. Because well, he's just best on every week. He's that, just that he's just good. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> the show up. <laughs> no, we've got the flying gaff to uh, to finish off. And no, well, that was your flying gaff. <laughs> <laughs> just wrap it up. We need to go. <laughs> this is where we're. Laid. You're playing footy today. Oh, I seriously hope you're on better than this. Seven fifty tonight. You, I'm coming. You're coming. You got me some tickets. Very kind of you. Thank you. Jesus, and so. I'm going to come down to the rooms afterwards and annoy you. And if you lose, I'm not coming. Lucky Cartland. I've got a friend ringing me. <laughs> On that note, we'll uh, see you next week. <laughs> this is what happens when the COVID happens and we have to produce our own show at different stages and we end up sort of meandering through. Joel, can you please edit that, it, that <laughs> bit out? We'll see you next week. We hope you've enjoyed Real Adventures this morning. Uh, yeah, it's time to go for you, it's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.